The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 211. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Thanks, as always, for tuning into the show. This is the show where we talk about leadership. I suppose you could say it's a business podcast. You know, Fortune did rank it as a top nine business podcast, but I think it's more than a business podcast. This is about life because leadership is central to everything that we do, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not. Someone right now is looking to you for influence and guidance. We're all going to be called to leadership at some time in our life. It's central to everything we do. Everything rises and falls with it. And how well you lead is going to determine how successful you are. I believe that wholeheartedly. So it's in our best interest to learn all we can on the topic of leadership because it's not about having the position or having the title. I mean, most of the people that have that position or have that title struggle with leadership just like you and I. You can lead from exactly where you're at. You can grow wherever you're planted, and you can spread influence no matter what your position or title. Every interaction with another human being is an opportunity for leadership development and growth. So hopefully this show can be a great tool, a great resource for you to grow in your own leadership development. And if you like what you hear on the show, again, it's all free. Go to, uh, if you have an Apple device, you can download the free podcast app and take it to wherever you're at. Download the app, leave a rating and review, subscribe to the podcast. It helps so much to keep this front and center of the visibility in this noisy world. If you got an Android device, Stitcher is a great app for you that you can download for free. Same thing. Subscribe, leave a rating and review. And I would be so appreciative. I'm so thankful for the ratings and reviews that came out last week and the nice comments, the great emails. I love hearing from you, Richard at doseofleadership.com. Drop me a line. Tell me where you're at or leave a comment section on my website, doseofleadership.com. Tell me where you're at in your leadership journey. I answer every email. I promise you I'll get back to you. It's getting busier and busier, but I promise I will answer every single one. So let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. A great guest today on the show. I've had her on here before. It's been about a year and a half. Margie Worrell is, uh, man, she's one of my favorites. And she talks, I think she's my favorite um, thought leader when it comes to the topic of overcoming adversity or dealing with fear or courage. And uh, she is so passionate about developing human potential. Her emotional quotient, her emotional intelligence is just something to be admired and I just she is one of my favorites she's learned a lot about courage and overcoming anxiety and adversity since she was the growing up as the oldest of seven children in rural Australia and she draws on that background in all the businesses in the entrepreneurial endeavors that she's in in psychology and in coaching and leadership in general and she's really passionate about women in leadership too because the father of four daughters it's so that's one of the reasons why I like talking to her too. And I'm going to bring her back on the show in about a month with my daughter. So 
just giving you a little teaser, we have agreed to come back on the show and, and breach that topic of young women in leadership. So that's a, something to come down the pike. But uh, she's just one of my favorites. And uh, I absolutely love um, what she does. She has a brand new book out that she wants to talk about on this show, which we do talk about on the show. It's called Brave, and it is a handbook for being more courageous. And that is what this show really centers on. You know, look, it's it's all of us have to deal with it. And the whole act of being courageous is not being fearless, which I erroneously thought early on. It's about being afraid and doing the right thing anyway. And uh, her book talks about that, you know, and it's really written for busy people. It's an easy read. There's 50 short focused chapters, you know, practical tools and powerful insights to help all of us kind of rise above the unconscious fears and limiting beliefs that, uh, let's face it, really do affect all of us listening to the show. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Again, Margie is one of my favorites. And so without further ado, here's Margie Worrell on Dose of Leadership. Oh, Margie, so glad to have you back on the show. It's been a long time. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. It is great to be back uh, on the show with you, Richard. Yes, it's been a busy couple of years since we spoke last. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're one of my early guests. And um, I got to say, without, you know, coming off as pandering, I guess, that you are one of my favorite uh, thought leaders when it comes to courage. And uh, we talked about it two years ago. But I just, I love what you do, your concept on that. It gels so nicely with what I believe. And so, uh, again, congratulations on the new book. What was the genesis of Brave? Ah, well, you know, I mean, as you know, um, all three of my books, the the, the common thread is around uh, encouraging people to be more courageous in what they say and what they do and what they aspire to achieve. But this book, I I guess it really distinguishes itself from from my others and also just from other books that are on the market in Mm. that, it's um it's got 50 chapters which i know may sound <laughs> may sound daunting but it's actually i wanted to write a book that busy people who have a lot going on and struggle sometimes to sit down and read a whole book or just to be able to pick up and read a chapter very quickly. And so I, I think of, you know, often we have a daily devotion or something with a that that connects us spiritually and, and um in our in our faith. But this to me was I wanted something that people could just pick up to be inspired by in where they can be more brave in their lives and in their careers and as leaders, but also, um, you know, with some practical advice, how do you hold someone to account? (laughs) How do you push back and and give critical feedback? You know, um, so, so I just wanted to make it something that was, um, that was really accessible to people. Well, I love that. And it's an easy read too. And when I say easy, I don't mean that the content isn't, it's, it's chock full of powerful content, but it's, it's, you're, like you said, it sounds daunting when you say 50 chapters, but it is something you can, you know, I, and I love how you say it's not a magic formula, right? And I mean, you're honest about that, but it is something that um, that you can pick up every day and start to become intentional about kind of confronting courage. Because I love, and I came to this late in life too, but understanding that, you know, it's not about playing it safe and avoiding risk. And in fact, avoiding that and trying to play it safe actually makes us less so. Is that right? I mean, ha- explain that to me. Yeah, look... Um- I think we often have the illusion that if we just stick with what we're doing, if we don't speak up and have that tough conversation, if we don't make the change in our work or um, how we do things, if we don't um, 
um, make a change in, in an aspect of our lives that uh, in the short term, it gives us the illusion of safety, that right. that's maybe the, the, the most sensible thing to do. But we often discount the cost of inaction. Right. And so most people, we're actually wired to be risk averse, you know, and there's a lot of science behind that. But but really, we we aren't necessarily good at getting out of our comfort zone sometimes and doing those those things that leave us vulnerable to failure or rejection or confrontation. And so, that's what the core of this book is about: is just helping people to to be more present to where fear, even unconscious fear and self doubts, can sometimes be running the show. It's almost like doing it's like doing the hard things actually makes life easier. Right. And doing the easy things kind of makes things harder. Right. That's kind of what I got out of that. I, well, I mean, you've probably heard about that, that famous study or the marshmallow study where the kids were left in the room and they were told that if they could wait until, right. you know, the adult came back, they could have a whole big bowl. And, and, and what they found that those those children who had that delay, that, that the willpower for the delayed gratification could do the hard thing up front. And when they did, there was a longitudinal study down the track. They were actually more successful as adults. But it actually, it's the same in our adult lives that sometimes the really difficult thing to do is what will ultimately allow us to lead happier, more rewarding and more successful lives. But, you know, we are, we're creatures, we're wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And so often we're sort of driven by that, that in the short term of going, oh, I'll stick in my comfort zone. That's mm-hmm. too hard. It's too awkward. It's too risky. I might fail. What will people say? Yeah, I was kind of like, I used to look at courage as almost, you know, and for me, it was always, you know, as a, as being a prior Marine and, and being a pilot, I'd always look at those larger than life and death scenarios thinking, look how courageous they were, kind of just unconsciously feeling that how were they so fearless? And I, it, I, this is just a recent revelation for me in the last 10 years that it's not about being fearless. They were exactly afraid. It was kind of like when I saw... Remember when Sully Sullenberger landed on the Hudson, you know, when he lost the, yeah. lost the engines yeah. and everybody was talking about how you know, fearless he was. But when you talk to him, that was his most petrifying feeling he ever had in his life, you know. And so yeah. and on one hand, courage in those situations is easy, right? The life and death thing is easy. It's the everyday courage that kind of stopped us in our tracks and we shouldn't discount that. And that's really what this book is about. Yeah, look. Absolutely, and I make that point in it that we often think of courage and bravery as Sully when he had to land that plane you there in in New York, and and we go, oh, I don't know if I could ever do that, or someone that dives into a freezing river to save 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 someone's life, or marching into battle, going off to war, and but actually, every single day, every single day of our lives, we have an opportunity. And often I feel we're really called to be courageous in some way, but it may seem just very mundane. It could be simply sharing something with a friend that you're struggling with, or it could be saying to someone, you know, what you said hurt my feelings. Um, It could be... um, you know, holding holding someone to account and having an awkward conversation. Hey, you said you'd do this and you haven't done it, and um, I'm just wanting to know what's going on versus just being just going out and doing it yourself to avoid that that awkwardness. So I think we often think of courage as these big acts of heroism, but but truly, it's it is often the small little things in our daily lives, and those little things add up. And uh, and yes, this book is about that because. I think we're 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 all capable 
of pretty amazing things and so often we sell out on ourselves and whether it's in our personal lives, whether it's in the workplace, whether it is as leaders, we, we have the potential to make a really meaningful impact and yet that does require continually um, laying our vulnerability on the line and getting outside our comfort zone and having those tough conversations and daring to do things where there's a risk of failure. So, um, you know, in, in, in large ways and in small ways too. You know, I think it's all about, you know, getting comfortable with the fact and it's almost well it is a blessing i mean to understand the, that courage that fear that knot in the stomach the tightness of the throat in those type of situations and i guess the other thing to point out too that it's personal to you and me what you find petrifying i may find mundane and vice versa right so it's it's very personal to each of us and so that i think that's important to realize too but i think if understanding that when you have that feeling and you work through it, something profound is going to happen on the other side, and that's why it can be a blessing. It's like a barometer of what you probably should be doing, I guess. That's how I started to look at it. What do you think about that? Yeah, look, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny that when you talk about a barometer, um, you know, I think of it as, you know, in terms of leadership, right, I, I think of, you know, we, we we are a bit like an emotional barometer for people around us. You know, people right. react to how we're how we're being. You know, our emotions are contagious, and so we can help impact how other people are feeling, whether we're brave and confident or we're stressed out and anxious and fearful. Um, so I think uh, it's being tuned in all the time to what's going on inside us, and and you know, I think often. We're driven by things we're not even conscious of, mm. um, and and I and one of the things I really try and get to in the book is helping people get more present to sometimes those emotions that are that are kind of on an undercurrent in their lives and they really drive things, but they're not always really present to them on a daily basis because they can really pilot um, people's lives and sometimes really limit. Um, their lives as well, and that's and that's what I, 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 you know, every chapter I've got at the end of it a, a train the brave section because every time you you do something that's courageous, I believe that we we grow our courage muscles to do more of it, and I think just by encouraging people to be brave in different ways, they realise, oh, you know what, maybe I've been playing it a bit safe here. Right, right. I think what thing that helps too, and I, what my favourite or a part that really stood out to me was kind of doing the work to understanding that you have to, how do you put it? You put it in the book, um, I think it's clarifying your highest intention, right? And kind of all of those um, real life areas of life, right? The, you know, the, the finances and your family, your health and all those things. That takes a little bit of work. I found that kind of difficult in my own personal journey is like, okay, until I started doing that, I kind of realized, wow, I was really kind of going on autopilot. And I think a lot of us are. We're just doing things because, okay, this is the next next logical step, right? But we're still kind of wandering. But if you sit down and do the work, like you point out, of creating that vision, um, what is your highest intention in each of those areas? Then when you are faced with something that stops you in your track, it kind of it helps you make the decision, right? Am I, am I summarizing that right? Am I – what – Help me with that. Yeah, I think, you know, you're when it comes to sometimes it's hard to know what the right thing to do is, right? <laughs> and there's a fine line between being brave and being foolish. And, you know, I was actually just talking with some people just last night. I spoke at an event 
And they're saying, you know, how do you know if you're being brave and in persisting with something and, and being courageous, continually trying, or or you just need to call it quits and stop? You know, how right. do you know whether right. or not you're really listening to your intuitive gut or you or you're just being foolish? Right. And I think that's where um you know, we have to just continually sit in those questions at times. But sometimes the thing we think might be the brave thing to do actually might be a proud thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and what we really need to do is go, I got it wrong. I need to call this quits. And the, calling it quits sometimes is is the actually the most courageous thing to do. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, it's a, it's a great point because I've, I've struggled with that. It's like, well, how do I know what I'm doing is fulfilling my purpose as opposed to what I'm doing is feeding my ego, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I have to sit with that too. You know, I, I do a lot of speaking and a lot of writing and obviously I do stuff in the media now with um, on some of the talk shows and, and you know, we are creatures of our ego and it would be lovely just to just completely always take our egos out of it. And I have to sit with the same question. How much of this is about me? stroking my ego and making me feel like I'm important and significant. Right. And how much of this is me truly being um, a servant and and purposeful in making a difference for other people? And it's something that, um, you know, it's a question. I think, Richard, it starts with just even just asking ourselves that question because the, in the very act of asking the question, we're present to the fact that, we, we do have egos and sometimes we can be insecure and sometimes we can want affirmation and there's nothing wrong with wanting affirmation but we just have to be careful that that's not driving us because that's obviously driven by a fear that we're not good enough or we're not worthy enough. And I know one thing I, I try to do before I get up and speak or but to do even a, a TV interview which can sometimes be three or four minutes and it's very short and sharp is just I'll just stop for a couple of minutes and I'll if sometimes I have one minute and just take a few big deep breaths and and I'll just often offer up a prayer, God, just how may I serve? You know, just right. may the words I speak serve other people. And and I just sometimes have to offer it up and trust that, you know, whatever comes out of my mouth is what's meant to come out of my mouth. I've only got three minutes. I can't say everything I want to say, or I've only got 40 minutes so in a keynote. So um so really coming from that place of service. And, you know, and then obviously regularly asking ourselves, am, am I really going about things in a way that serves my highest intention and my highest purpose? And and sometimes I know for me that has meant going, you know what, I'm putting a lot of time and energy in trying to make this particular project work or trying to do things a certain way. And, and you know what, maybe this isn't the smartest way to do it. Um, it's how I've wanted to do it. It's, it's where I, I thought was the... I thought it was a good idea, but it's not working and facing the reality. It's it's not working. It's not producing results. So I think we also, we're running a business. Um, you and I, we, we also, we have to make sure that our efforts are actually also allowing us to right. pay the bills and right, feed our right. kids. So. You know, it's, a, it, it's an interesting, but it's, I guess it's a, it's an intentional battle that you must face every day. Is battle the right way to look at it? I mean, to me, it feels like a battle. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, a battle. Um, I, I, I guess I, I might use the term I wrestle with it. Um, wrestle, yeah. You know, so like battle that. maybe that's maybe that's a maybe that's a bloke's term, a man's term. You know, <laughs> that you, right. you battle and maybe I kind of wrestle a bit of a tug of war. Perhaps is where I would say I'm at sometimes. Yeah, tug of um, war is good. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and 
And I think sometimes just being humble about it, uh, you know, someone said to me, oh, you know, you're very self-deprecating. And I was like, I don't mean to be self-deprecating. I'm just acutely aware of where I don't necessarily do things to the level of mastery that I would like, or I'm certainly not as um, um, perfect as, you know, we'd like to think we would be. We don't measure up to the standards we have for ourselves. And I think when it comes to being purposeful, you know, I think of the Dalai Lama or we think of Jesus Christ or someone who just seemed to just be embodying um, so spirit-driven and so um, so humble and and not caught up in ego. And, and yet, you know, we're human beings right. and we fall and we fail. And I think the key thing is, is that we're open to being, we're open, we accept that, but we're open to continually working on ourselves too, knowing that it's, it's one, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong endeavor. How important is intuition to you? It seems, you seem like a person where intuition is a very um, important um, feeling or emotion to, I don't know if emotion is the right word, but to, it, it's very important to you in, in your decision-making. How, how important is it? Yeah, it, it's 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 extremely important. Um, the people I engage to help me, um, you know, whether it's you know doing, so it's extremely important all the time. I'm I'm meeting people and um, interacting and um, deciding. You know, does this opportunity feel right for me? Does this person? Do I think they're aligned with what I'm aligned with? Do they get me? Can I trust them? Um, and I, I base that honestly, um, you know, of course I, you know, I kind of ask questions and find out, you know, information, but I, my decisions are ultimately nearly always guided by intuition. And I have to say the couple of times I've, um, I've made mistakes is where I've engaged the wrong people to do things for me and they promised really big things. I got really excited about how much they were promising they could do and I was like, oh, that sounds wonderful and I I got caught up and I probably trusted but didn't verify and and I look back and I go, you know what, and then when I sensed that things weren't going well, I maybe didn't call call it on quickly enough and I just kind of kept trying to hope it would work out and, and often it was a pretty painful process to come to the point where I'm like, this is not working out. But, you know, I wrote about our intuition in, in Brave because I think that often we don't give it credit it deserves and I think that our intuition is I, I, I really believe we we all have we all have an intuitive sense it's not just women um it's not just some psychics uh, I think we all have it and I think it's really important to tune into it because it can really guide us um to making far wiser decisions um versus just sitting there and analyzing things because we can be in our heads but our heads you know, and there's a lot of research that shows in the really big decisions in life, people who analyse and overanalyze often aren't as happy with their decision as people who look at it and then just go with, ah, what feels right. Yeah. How do we slow down, though? You know, a lot of what you talk about is, and this has been a struggle for me, too, is like, how do you, I find if I, I think to solve the problem, I got to do more, I got to do more, but it's, it's almost like it's, I fall into the trap of the quantity trap, but the more that I slow down and and kind of resonate on what's going on, the more productive I seem to be. Does that happen to you? Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those one of those cruel, annoying ironies, isn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> we like to think because we're really, really busy that we're really, really efficient. But right. um we, we might be efficient, but we're not effective. 
And I think that's where that distinction between being efficient and effective, you can chop down a lot of trees, but if you're in the wrong forest because you didn't stop to actually look at which forest you're in, you know, it was a lot of wasted tree chopping. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, and I know for me, um, you know, I do a fair bit of writing and um, just in how I, you know, with four kids, there's a lot that I've got going on on a daily basis and it's very easy to find myself in a bit of a headspin with so much on my plate. Right. And so if I take some time up front early in the day and I just sit still, <sighs> you know, and for me the question I like to ask myself is, who do I want to be today? Um, I start with who do I want to be? Who do I need to be to serve that big purpose? And it might be resilient. It might be tenacious. It it often is brave, um, but focused (laughs) is one of them. And, um, and I'm starting with, you know, who do I want to be? And then, well, what do I need to get done today? What do I want to do today? And, and then, and then, you know, I'll have to, I write nearly every day I've got one in front of me, write down what are the things I want to get done in my day. And I don't always get through all of them, but I, I, I often get through most of them. Um, but I do think just creating a daily ritual yeah. that, that, that just gets us to stop from all our busyness, busy, 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 because we're all busy. Everyone you talk to is busy and just reconnect with our being. Who am I being? Because, you know, you know, if we think about how we measure success in our lives, I mean, you can build a massive business and sell a million books and earn a lot of money and achieve all sorts of external measures of success. But how do you impact the people around you along the way, whether it's your partner and your kids or it's um, the work colleagues you have or your clients, like how do you actually show up? And if you show up as being distracted and um, you're very ego-driven or you're impatient, you haven't got time and you're not listening to people and you can't tune into what's going on with people around you and they feel like you're just like a tornado, um, well, then I think it really undermines what how much success we've really achieved. So I think starting from that place of being and, um, you know, I love to ask myself, you know, what would I do today if I was being courageous? Yeah. And, um, you know, some days that might just be something really simple. Some days for me that's actually going, I would take three things off my list and I would do less and just spend a bit of time out in the sunshine, you know, just to stop being so productive. I love that, you know, and it's so true. I mean, it's that the ritual of kind of, and again, I kind of used being the, the Marine, the battle terms, but it's like getting in that quiet space of, of understanding who you are and what is it we're trying to accomplish in big picture. I mean, thinking, what is it, you know, I like that question you said, who, who do I want to be today? You know, and how can I be courageous today? Those are great questions to ask to kind of slow yourself down because I found myself when I kind of get in that panic mode and it's different than fear. When I'm talking about panic, I'm like, oh, the cash flow is not coming in or this isn't happening or I, I want this to happen so badly and please, 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 you know, let me have get this deal or proposal to get accepted, whatever the case may be. I find that just things just kind of unravel when I'm in that space. But when I get in that space that you're talking about, it's almost like providence moves too. I don't know. Does that sound crazy? Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, if you kind of think about, I guess, that you I don't. I don't do a lot of work or talk a lot around metaphysics, but but that you know that that simple stuff, the law of attraction, the energy we put out that we attract back to us. And I think 
sometimes that takes a lot of faith because you go, all right, I'm trying to do this and it's not happening. You know, <laughs> right. Oprah's not calling me to say be on the show. How come? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And um, I, I'm, I'm trying to do all the right things. And, um, but I think sometimes it just, that's where, I, that's where it, to me is an act of courage is having a faith that yeah. the universe is actually conspiring for us even when we can't see how it is. Oh, I love that, yeah. And, and it's very easy to get caught up in the daily minutiae and, well, this didn't happen and they should have said yes and they've told me they're not interested and they'll let me know if they want me for next year or whatever it is because I've had plenty of that, you know, um, myself. But just trusting that in the big scheme of our lives that everything is working as it should and we are where we're supposed to be and I think that we're open to learning whatever lessons we need to learn wherever we are right now too. Um, and, uh, and you know, you and I were saying just even before we started the recording, you know, sometimes we've got to be more patient than we want to be. <laughs> right, exactly. It never happens like in the, in the time frame we want. But, yeah, it's, it's so true. It's so true. So what's your what's the dream for you? I mean, I'm curious about that. You know, I love your work. I've You know, over the past two years, you know, We've kind of followed each other, but what's the, what's the big dream for you if you're looking way down the road? Ah, uh, you know, I um, when I was growing up on a dairy farm in rural Victoria, one of seven kids. My my parents had both left school at sixteen. No one had ever gone to college, and I remember saying, "Oh, I'd love to be a journalist. I'd love to be in." And they said, "Oh, well, you can't do that because you don't know what's going on in the world," and you know. If they, people who want to be journalists, you know, they know what's going on and they'd know who the president of the United States is. And at the time, I think it was Jimmy Carter, but I, I really didn't know. My family never talked politics. And it's funny, I went off and I ended up studying business and then I did psychology. And obviously now I'm writing books and I'm doing some work in the media and, and I do a lot of speaking. But my big dream is actually to do something in the media space um, and, and maybe online given the changing world that we live in. It's not necessarily on network TV channels anymore. Right. But to have my own show um, where I where I I really empower people in their lives um, and interview fascinating people, brave people, thinking people um, who either experienced extraordinary things and come through it whole and happy or um, have accomplished amazing things or both. And um, I recently launched a few months ago Raw Courage TV, which is my kind of first big, brave, bold step in that direction. Mm -hmm. It's just an online TV channel. Um, uh, And, and you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. It's just starting out. But I've just had to kind of almost throw caution and fear to the wind and go, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start doing this in my own way because I, I, I'm not sure how else to go about it, but I don't want to just sit around waiting for, you know, the own network to call me, exactly. for instance. So yeah, I, <laughs> um, I think it would be really having my own show, um, and, but in a way that really reaches people globally and provides really uplifting, uplifting um, interviews and content because I think in the world today, one, we are getting more global and connected and you look at the 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 conflict, the tension, the hatred, the bitterness that's going on in parts of the world, the terror that's being incited. And I think that there is such a need for people to really stop, regardless of their religion or culture, and to to ask themselves, you know, where is my fear um, 
getting in the way of me having more harmony in my home and in my community and in my country and in the world because I look at the people who have these extremist beliefs and uh, these young people who are being recruited into extremist beliefs too. And um, and I think it ultimately comes from a place of, of fear. Yeah, and and lack. so I yep. think there's a need for a, a big conversation on what does it mean for us in our lives and communities to be more courageous. I love that dream. I really do. And it's so funny because those are the conversations like people I've had here in the same thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, everything you said resonates with me very deeply, if I must say. And um, I can't agree with you more because, and I know the more that I've, um, well, this show is a great example. I mean, you know, two and a half years ago, naively going into the show thinking it was all about, well, okay, well, this will get me more noticed, you know, kind of looking at the shallow, if I have to be honest, if I look at that, it's like, so I can get more speaking gigs, right? That's how deep it was at the time. But the more that I've connected and, and done these shows, it's it's like the more that you surround yourself with this kind of um, optimistic, and there's, there is a lot of optimism out there if you look. That's the thing that, that I have really found out in the last two and a half years. There's a lot, and you don't get it in the traditional channels. You know, you turn on the traditional channels, and I don't know what it's like in Australia, but it's, you know, you know how it is over here in the States. I mean, it's just, it's all about the weather or something very negative or it's the end of the world, right? But there's a lot of people out there making a huge impact in the world that no one ever really hears about. Or, you know, I think in our space we hear about it, but the vast majority of people don't hear about it. I don't know. What, what yeah, do you think? And, and sometimes it's people, you know, I think Mother Teresa said, it's not necessarily doing big things. It's doing small things with great love. Yeah. And I and I meet people who we will never hear about. They're never they're never doing anything on a Richard Branson size scale. Right. But they in their community, they're taking care of people. They're doing things that are making a difference. They're championing for change. And um, and so I think we should never, ever, ever dismiss or diminish people who um whose names we we might never hear of but how they go about doing things it makes a really meaningful difference in their in their little community um because not everyone's not everyone's supposed to be you know bono um or, right, right, or the president exactly. or someone massive you know we're we're all called to be make a difference in different ways and i think um and i think it's we we do ourselves and everyone a disservice when we sort of compare oh yeah but i'm only doing this little thing here it you know it doesn't matter it's like wherever you are bloom you know bloom where you're planted and and if you feel called to do it on a bigger scale wonderful do that but if not that's okay too because the exactly. world needs people doing things in all sorts of ways. I love it. Yep. Absolutely true. Fantastic. I love that dream. Love it. So as we wrap up here, it's kind of a fun question. I'm always curious people whose people's heroes are or the people they're looking up to at the moment. If you had the ultimate chance or the chance for the ultimate dinner party where you could invite five people alive or dead, who would they be? Oh, well, I have to tell you, I would have to invite, I'd have to be at dinner with Oprah because uh-huh. I know it sounds almost so cliche, but I just admire her so much. Um, and I think she's such a spiritual mentor to millions of people and myself included. Um, who else? Well, alive or dead, I, I, I look at a Nelson Mandela and yep, his forgiveness yep. mm-hmm. um, and how he was able to um, emerge from 27 years incarceration to be such a powerful, inspiring, loving leader. Um, ooh, uh, who else would? Joan of Arc. Mm, good <laughs> Going back a long time. Yeah. I just, her, her faith, 
her courage is um, incredibly inspiring. Um, I'm actually going to be spending five days with Richard Branson this July. Oh, how awesome um, is that? So, um, and so I'm going to get to have dinner with him, but he would be someone else, I would say, because he is just such a trailblazing uh, visionary, visionary in all sorts of ways, not just business, but also in just really making, leaving the world a better place and all the various initiatives he's got. So um, there's four and a fifth one Um I think probably Mother Teresa. I'm kind of going a little bit of the Christian bent here with a few of these people, but I just think she was an extraordinary oh, yeah. woman and her sense of purpose, um, what she did, if if you really know the story, I mean, creating her own order and, you know, oh, yeah. all the things she did in her lifetime um, were extraordinary. Um, and, of course, you know, there's a lot, of, there's so many people I could go on, MLK, lots of different people, but um, I think there's a few to get started. That is a great list. Like, Can I have have a confession i haven't told anybody uh-huh. this before but oprah's on my list too and i don't know i don't know if, if a prior marine should say that so don't don't let a lot of people know i love oprah i mean i think she's... i won't tell anyone richard that oprah <laughs> is on your list <laughs> <laughs> i do i watch super soul sunday i mean i'm all i'm in uh, yeah i'm knee deep i'm i'm neck deep in uh, oprah on sunday morning so that that's my confession now everybody okay. knows the secret's out so yeah. but i love mother Teresa too because well, I love everybody on your list, but I the thing that I, I really um, found fascinating about Mother Teresa was when after she had passed away and a lot of her writings came out and just the, the level of doubt she had even up to the last days about the existence of God, which I found very fascinating um, and how she struggled with that sometimes, you know, but then she went back to her faith and her faith was so strong, right? But to, to show that human side of it as someone that you would, you know, as ob- an obvious saint, but even then, she struggles with doubt and limiting beliefs. You know, I think that can and you be know aspirational. What? I think that's so refreshing, as you say, because um, I have—I feel like I have a strong faith in God, and then I—I I, I sort of struggle with my 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 Christian faith. I, I'm a Christian, but you know, and I and I and I, but I can't help but feel that we have to challenge and quest, sit in the questions, and sure. I think that that's that we're called to do that and to sit in those questions and i think throughout our lives in in it, whether it's how we express what we believe you know if we 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 can shrink and we can do ourselves a major disservice if we if we stop questioning what is it all about what are we about what is it what does it all mean and um because i think that's where we grow and i think that's where we challenge ourselves and ultimately then we can challenge others too yeah i love it Ashmargi, I love your stuff. I love talking to you again. It's been way too long since uh, you've been on the show, but it's just been such an, a joy to, to connect with you again and, and see what you've been up to. How can people connect with you and uh, learn more about Brave? Oh, look, well, anybody who wants to, I guess, learn more about me and um, read some of my my blogs and columns can can get onto my website, which is margiewarrell.com. And uh, but the book I, I created it for the book uh, a website called trainthebrave.com where you can order it. And uh, but I created a ten day train the brave challenge, and every day for ten days you get a video message from me and a. Uh, a train the brave challenge chart and I, I really encourage people every day to do something that takes them out of their comfort zone and scares them in some way because the premise of the book is we shouldn't wait to feel brave 
and fearless before we do something and take action. And so um, anyone who gets a copy, you can sign up for the challenge on trainthebrave.com and I really encourage people to do that. And, of course, connect with me on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, I love to hear from people and stay in touch. And, and uh, of course, Richard, thank you so much for the opportunity to be part of your wonderful podcast series. It's been really special to connect with you again. Oh, thank you so much. I'll have links to all this on the show. Hang on the line for a little bit. We'll chat for a little bit after this recording. But guys, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Pleasure. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.